Hello everyone, welcome to Chat Club. I'm your host, Alan Hilchey. You know there's only one rule on Chat Club and that is everybody talks about Chat Club. Today is gonna to be episode number 12. I have an interview with Kim Moore. We're gonna be talking about it. We're gonna get going, I'm gonna get right out of right now. Hope you enjoy. All right, I'm here with Kim Warren today. Um, I've recently done a lot of podcasts on grief. Um, Kim, I've watched a lot of your social media posts about your last for over two years. Um, thank you for giving me time today. It's uh, an opportunity to, you know, to get into your head about grief and how to process and get through with it. I think from my perspective, I saw you transform into, as I knew you in high school, we went to high school, I, I see you transform into a powerful woman, uh, individual, uh, seeing you as a caregiver, like you're always caring, you're just, you know, brave for putting all that stuff on there. It's not easy to demonstrate your personal life on Facebook or any social media to, you know, to get through your grief and, you know... I know you've inspired a lot of people with your social media. I've shared a couple of your posts and people have responded. This is exactly what I needed. And, you know, just on your personal grief and your openness and just amazing, inspiring person, I think. And um, I guess we get into the thing. Just tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, we went to high school together, grew mm-hmm. up grew up in the area. And um, I grew up in Gary. We went to OHS together and uh, haven't haven't left the area in the last over thirty years, and uh, I think I think just growing up in the area and, and knowing so many people, um, that's been a tremendous help. I also drive school bus and I and back at all the schools we used to go to and watching the kids grow up and. They're kids of kids we went to school with and grandparents and aunts and uncles. And it's pretty amazing to uh, to build such a community and to, to work in such a community. Um, I have had a son. I have a daughter, married for the last 24 years. And uh, October 3rd, our lives changed when we lost Jake to an accident. So you're comfortable talking about Jake's death and everything? Yeah, I am. I, I share it, and, and um, sometimes it's like a little jolt, electric shock goes through me when I talk about him, and then other times I talk about him. I usually talk about him like he's still here. I, I um, have a hard time using the word dead or died. Mm-hmm. Um, my word usually is past, because um, I, I, I think once we die, we pass on to a different different being or a different life or, or spirit world or whatever it is mm-hmm. that resonates with somebody or that they want to call it. Um, yeah, it's just been, it's been an incredible road of sadness, but it's also been an incredible learning as well trying to figure things out along the way and uh, watching other people and, and having them give us the support the fam- to the family and all his friends has just been unbelievable. Yeah. It just completely blows my mind. Well, I I know that you've done some visuals and stuff and you post stuff and little videos and like I always watched and, and, and watched the how many friends and how many people supported and just it was just like a blanket covered you and your whole family. Absolutely. And uh, 
you know, you share all the grief together. So, I guess, how did Jack, Jake pass away? He was five minutes from home. He was on his way home to, uh, to after being out with a couple friends, and uh, he had an old motorbike that he putted around on. It wasn't anything special. It was just an old piece of junk that he loved to tinker with. And he was coming around the head of the lake in Rishkornish and uh, hit a moose. Yeah. Which is kind of ironic because he had been out moose hunting the week before and with all of his uh, uncles and his cousins. And they had the best time of their life and they really got to know each other. Yeah. And him being almost 18, or being 18 at the time, I guess. Yeah, because it was October. And um, they got to know him as an adult or a young adult. Yeah. Then, other than just the kid Jake. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, getting in, like I've done a podcast on grief, and I, I talk about different stages. And um, if I go through my notes here, I mean, like there's just so many different stages. You know. Yeah. Acknowledging the pain, just acceptance, different triggers. So, it, take me over the time the two years how the grief started and how it progressed and how how you look back on everything and the support um i think it was just total shock and disbelief for the longest time even though you know it that they're gone it's just there was like a wall went up and it just comes down slowly a little bit at a time and lets a little bit more of the grief out um it's amazing what our bodies and our minds can do to protect us from, from such trauma and shock. Um, he losing him, and that night after leaving the hospital and coming home without him, it was just my husband and I just we after I contacted the rest of the family and tried to do as much as I could to let people know. Um, we laid in bed that night and we just talked and we talked all night we talked about his birth and and just life with him and our biggest thing was how are we going to pay for the funeral because my husband had um suffered um bad back injury and had two major operations and he wasn't able to work anymore and he is 20 years older than i am so um without even asking there um a friend of his came forward and did a, a GoFundMe page and a lot of other people did um, um, jars and stores and raffles and tickets and it, it was just um, overwhelming. There was a, a music night and uh, like I can't even to this day name everybody because there was just so much support that it just blew us away and the amount was enough to cover it and I was able to stay home for five months without having to worry about um, meals and where the next bill was going to be paid and stuff because my focus was my husband, the, my daughter, and the rest of the family and his yeah. kids, you yeah. know, like Jake's other brothers and sisters. Yeah. And um, it was just, and the kids, his friends, his friends were my focus too. Um, it just, uh, the, the overwhelming support, we didn't even realize how many lives Jake impacted until the wake 
Yeah. There was over 800 people at the wake. Unreal. Oh, sorry, I got that mixed up. There was over 1,000 people at the wake and over 800 at the church first funeral. That's unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And when we left the church, it's all you could hear was burnouts. Yeah, <laughs> and engines that roaring was, yeah. because that was Jake's thing. Yeah, because I, yeah. I remember the video was about that. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that, and, and I can resonate because, I mean, we did that when we were younger. Yeah. But that, that that's so awesome. And, yeah. And, Seeing that many people, that probably helped a little bit, I would think. Oh, yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the the morning after he passed away, that actually, I'll back up. I'm a visual person and I'm, need, I'm somebody that needs to see things to understand. Mm. And I was at the accident site that night when I heard about the accident. I, I went down and so did my husband's son. And we knew it was Jake automatically because we knew where he was. And uh, so we got down there and they took him in the ambulance to the hospital. We went back, got the family and made our calls and stuff. There was already a group of kids at the corner because they had heard about the accident and they thought it was Jake. And uh, the family went into the hospital and there was a group of kids sitting outside the hospital in vehicles. I didn't see them that night. Yeah. The next morning, um, as... Uh, my co-workers started coming in and, and um, bringing some coffee and stuff and, and visiting and, and just checking in on us. Um, somebody came along and said, there's kids grow, um, down at the cross, down at the accident site. Um, the evening before, after we got back from the hospital, I needed to go back down to the accident site because I needed to see why his bike and his body were so far apart. And it was because he hit the hit the moose and his bike kept going. And uh, right exactly where his body was, I put a rock cross. And um, the next morning, his niece, Jessie, had seen a cross, wooden cross that he and she and Jake had made two weeks before that. And she grabbed it out of her living room and took it down and put it right above the rock cross. And then the kid, that's where all the kids started gathering. But I heard that they wanted to have a bonfire yeah. <laughs> and it was right by the meadows so I was scared they were going to catch yeah. it on fire so I went down and there was probably about 50 60 kids there and some of them didn't know who I was and other were like oh crap here comes Kim because I'm the bus driver yeah. too <laughs> yeah and I walked into the middle and I thanked them all for being there and I thanked them for being his friend and and uh I I we we had talked about having the funeral and we we talked about cremation and we talked about how you know we were going to do it and I said no we can't do cremation they need to see him they need to be able to say their goodbyes mm -hmm. and I said, we need to bury him yeah. because they need to be able to have a place to go yes and that graveyard is right across the road from my house so I look out my side door every day and I see him yes. so um, they had moved from there down, down by the bridge where it was a safer spot. Um, when I, after I told them about the funeral arrangements, what we were planning to do, and I'd let them know the day and the time, and it had to be Saturday so everybody could attend. Yeah. Um, so nobody was working or anything. Um, I went around and I started giving some hugs. And the next thing I know, one of the girls says, Kim, do you need a hug? And I said, yes, please. <laughs> and uh, 
it was a group hug. Every single mm. one of those kids came in yeah. and we all stood there with me in the middle. And it was the most surreal, the most amazing thing that's ever happened. And uh, when we did the wake, when we were at the wake, there was a group of kids that stayed there the whole time. And they had come through the receiving line just to check on us yeah. and then go back and sit in the corner. And then um, when we left and then came back after supper, those kids were standing outside waiting for us again. Amazing. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, a lot of them have never left our side. They still will send messages and, mm-hmm. or just even send a little heart through Facebook or something just to say, thinking yeah. of you, you know. Yeah. And um, just today um, at Jake's Cross, uh, I had made angel wings and the angel wings got blown off in that bad wind we had yesterday. Mm-hmm. And one of the kids was driving by and seeing the wings, so she brought, stopped and brought it into the house today. Yeah. So they're still always taking care of us. They're still yeah. always looking out for him in his memory and, and uh, his, their friendship with him. Pretty amazing. It pretty is pretty amazing. amazing. It blows me away. Yeah. I know watching the whole thing, it's just... So, I mean, the support you received helped a lot, eh? Oh, big time. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, what has helped with your grief? Like, just getting to the point, like, over the two years, like what has helped you the most to, to process it. You never forget it. No. Know that. But what has helped you accept the circumstances, I guess? I think from the get-go, it was gratitude. Yeah. That sounds funny, but um, Jake was a, well planned for. He was the child we wanted. Like, not to say that Alina wasn't because she was as well, but... I already had my beautiful girl. I wanted a boy. So we planned for him. I did research. I did everything trying to make sure I had that boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it was funny. And he was born on Friday, the thir- August, Friday 13th at 10.13 p.m. So 13's always been our lucky number as well. Yeah. But a lot of people were saying, how can God, how can God take him? He's still got a whole life to live. I've been a crappy person. He's been... You know, he's young, he's still been a good boy, like, why? And I said, no, we can't look at it that way. We have to be thankful for the time that we've had had with him. He was here for 18 years. I always believed he was an old soul. And I was terrified from the time he could walk that I was going to lose him at a young age because he was into everything. He had no fear of nothing. Like, he would climb to the highest peak or a roof. You had to lay lay ladders down when he was little because he'd be up them, you know, or go to the tallest tree. And he just was always a going concern. So I I always felt a fear for him of losing him. Mm -hmm. So... He um, he touched so many lives. Like, even from a little boy, he could talk to older folks as well as babies. And he continued that through his whole life. He knew more people than you could shake a stick at. My stepdad had him out hunting one time, way out in the backwoods. And this man bowled up and he looked over at Jake and he was only about eight years old. He goes, Jake, is that you? Jake's going, yeah, how are you doing? Yeah. You know, out for hunt today. And Jake yeah. had a, gor- a yeah. Gornish playing. <laughs> you know, like he, he just, he could relate to everybody. Yeah. And he always had your back. Yeah. And sometimes that was frustrating because he also had the mentality as, you know, you don't talk about it, you know, like, don't worry about it. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. And, and 
I'm not saying he's a saint either. He was a teenage boy. Absolutely. You know? But he just, he was such a light. He was always teasing. He was always a torment. He loved to have a good laugh. He, um, he just was, oh. You know, he loved to sing too. He loved, yeah, he yeah, loved to I sing too. He loved music. Yeah. yeah. Right from the time the kids were little, I always had music yeah, on. Yeah. So they were always, so there's still songs now that I, they either bring tears or they make me laugh. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, Nelly's getting hot in here when that yeah. first comes. Yeah. He was just little. Yeah. And as soon as that song come on, it didn't matter where we were, he would start trying to strip like <laughs> And dance, and I was like, "No, keep your clothes on." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was just—he was a character. Yeah. And he was—he could bat those baby blues and give you a smile, and he had his way most of the time. Oh yeah. 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 And um, moving through the grief, it was just always having the gratitude of having him in our lives. Mm. I'm not saying I didn't have the dark days. I did. For the first five months, I was a zombie. Yeah. I tried to go back to work on Monday after Christmas break and by Wednesday I was done. I couldn't function. I'm still at the point where I might go somewhere and I might not. I might even be excited to go out and be with people. But then when it comes down to it, I'll say, I'm sorry, I can't go. Yeah. You know, and then there's other times that people will message me and I think I messaged them back, but I've answered them in my head. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and a couple of weeks later, and then other times, you can't get me to shut up. I am yeah. always, you know, yeah. always talking to somebody. Yeah. So it's it's a balancing act, and it's trying to figure out the self-care, because that's something I've always sucked yeah. at anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of us have. Well, I, I think you're kind of like me. You're always worried about everyone else, but not yourself. Yeah. I know when... Uh, when I went through my dad's death, the, first, the only thing I was thinking about the whole thing was, I got to go see mom. I got to take care of mom. So I get where you're coming from mm-hmm. on that point, but you know, we do have to do the self care. We have to take time. We have to make sure that you know we're healthy. Yeah. Um, I I know you used uh, Facebook a lot for grief. I know that mm-hmm. you used it to post stuff, and that was more to keep his memory alive or just to get through the process. It was actually. It was to let others know that it's okay to feel this way. Yeah. It's okay to have bad days. It's okay to be down. It's okay to talk. Yeah. Especially to his friends, the yeah. kids. Their their grief was palpable. You could just feel it in the air. Yeah. I've never seen so many young men cry. Yeah. And it was nice to see, although they were hurting, it was nice to see that they allowed themselves to do that. They've always been my focus, too. Yeah. As a mom, as a bus driver, mm-hmm. you know, like, those kids are everything. But it's, and they're our future. Yeah, It's kind know? of ironic, though. You're the bus driver that took care of them. And then when you're in need, they all came come out. Came to me. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty powerful. It is very and, powerful. And uh, that's what I seen. It was it was unreal, like, going through the whole thing and, and watching it through over a couple of years. And I'm so glad to have you today to, to, to discuss this. Just Because I know there's other people that have recently in our community, in Miramichi, but also here. here. They've had a lot of people that have just, young young people that have passed away. And, and, and where do you start? Like, it just... 
the amount of kids that have passed just since Jake has just been unreal. Mm-hmm. And I just cringe every time I hear it because I know what their parents are going through and, and their friends. And it's, it's like, how much more can these kids around here take? Losing, you know, losing another friend. Yeah. Did you uh, did you ever look at a support group? I don't, I don't know if you did. I've done, um, actually, a friend of mine did uh, uh, grief methods. Yeah. And I went through that with her. Yeah. I missed a few, too, because Dale had some health issues and that, yeah. but it was it was really good. And what's this through? Yeah. Is, it, is it a problem? Um, actually, a uh, friend of mine, Wendy um, Kennedy, she does grief counseling. Okay. Or, like, she does the grief method group, and she offered it through uh, mental health. Okay. Mental health. Yeah. And then she also did another group, um, private group that I went to. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Because some people aren't aware of resources. They just kind of no. go into their own zone. Exactly. So it's it, it, mental health has a lot of grieving things, like grieving uh, counseling and groups and support groups. So. And I know there's a few groups in Fredericton, too, that um, support, I forget the name of the one for kids for parents that lose kids yeah and then there's another group for people that just lost yeah. like well i shouldn't say just but i mean that lost um anybody in their life yeah. that they could that they can go to so you've been through the groups yourself have you been to i group? haven't no no okay no. okay no see grief is everyone does it differently everyone does it differently and there's and not a timetable no there's no timetable there's no right or wrong way no. you I do really encourage people to reach out. Yep. You can't go through it alone. So what's the biggest advice? Uh, I did some stuff on grief. I did a whole podcast on it uh, about symptoms and stuff like that. Then I had one on uh, supporting somebody with grief. Mm-hmm. Now, being through the process and, and um, you've had a friend that has also uh, lost a, a son. Yeah. What supportive system do you propose like say if someone passed away how can you support them just be there for them make their life a little bit easier especially when it's a child that they've lost um make them a meal go buy toilet paper and stuff that other people don't think of um simple as simple as that just sit with them if they want to talk let them talk if they don't want to talk they don't have to it's okay to cry in front of them. It's okay to speak their child's name. Don't ignore them. Don't walk away and try try to, uh, because you're uncomfortable. And I know people are uncomfortable. They don't know what to say. No. And there aren't any words. No. There's nothing that you can say that's going to ease that. But letting somebody know that you're there is a, is a big comfort. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I know that... Some people have this uh, incessant need to try to tell the people what they do. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> like they, frustrating. You know, yeah. Yep. Like with the grief and say, yep. you know, you should do this and this and this. And using platitudes like only the good die young and yep. God must need another angel and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Like, like It really, I mean, all you got to do is be sorry for your loss. Is there anything I can do? Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I know my mom doesn't go out a lot because she probably hears, I'm sorry for, you know, Raymond mm-hmm. passing away, that sort of thing. Absolutely. And then that, and that's probably within the five months you didn't want to deal with that either, yep. right? No, absolutely. And Dale and I, it. the first time we went out to get groceries was huge. And actually the poor man, he actually went in a couple of times to Ramukta without me because he had to go get prescriptions or whatever. And um, 
sometimes he can talk about Jake and other times he can't. Yeah. And people just need to, you know, know that that's okay. Yeah. You can tell somebody you're sorry yeah. and that that you understand or you that you, you know, you're there for them. Yeah. But yeah, just keep No, I, I I like I said, this is uh, this is uh, overwhelming stuff. Um, dealing with, I mean, just a loved one, and uh, I know what I've done on my podcast. Do you uh, do you, you go down to the cross? Is that sort of uh, where you see him the most? Or? Yeah, um, I'm somebody that I believe in spirit. <laughs> like I believe in signs and that and things like that. It was something that I always. Yeah, okay, whatever. Before, every once in a while, you know, somebody, something would happen or something and butterfly land on your shoulder, dragonfly, or you find a dime or penny or whatever, those old things. And it's like, oh, that's nice, you know. But since Jake, it's just been overwhelming things that you feel connectedness to. Yeah. And I don't feel like home is home for him. And it's funny because some of the kids also believe and they'll come in and say, oh, Jake's here. <laughs> you know, they they feel yeah. like they can feel him. Yeah. And then other times it's like, oh, he's not here. <laughs> it's like, nope, no, nope, he's yeah. busy so helping somebody yeah. else. Or yeah. they'll all have a little story that something's happened. It's like, oh, my word, that happened to me. You know, like, so it's that's been a comfort, too. And, yeah, hearing all the stories know, and all the badness you get into. And oh, like, yeah. Oh, I didn't know about that one. Oh, no. <laughs> Those stories, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's great. <laughs> It's like, good thing I didn't know that. <laughs> so I'm going to kind of ask a few questions, and yeah. they're going to be hard ones. I, I, I'm, uh, what would you ask Jake if Jake was here today? Just, oh, why yeah. the hell didn't you listen to me? Yeah. You know, because I wanted to take a sledgehammer to that bike because mm -hmm. he was always hell-bent for leather. Yeah. He, you know, like he knew one speed, and that was it. Yeah. And... Just earlier that day, his father said, please be careful on that bike. You're going to kill yourself. He's like, oh, dad. He said, I've been on them since I was just little. I can handle mm. it. Yeah. But you can't handle it when a moose steps out of the meadow no, grass. No, no, not at all. No. So, I mean, and get into what about Jake that makes you so, like, smile to get through the days, like the stories. And what, what's the biggest thing? Oh, yeah, it is the stories. It's the... Yeah. It's the... I don't know. <laughs> you know, everybody said he had a shitty and grin. Excuse the expression, but yeah. you know, like he would do something devilish or you know you something needlier or buggy, yeah. and, and then he'd give you that grin, and it's like, oh, get back here, you know. <laughs> and sometimes you'd try to be stern with him, but you'd have to leave the room because you're yeah. laughing too, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then there's other times where. You know, as a teenager, you push the limits and you take off for a day or two, not where he was, and mm -hmm. then I would show back up and I'd be livid and yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's just yeah, I know. yeah, you, you know, you always try to have those memories. I mean, yeah, you know, I can only imagine, I can't imagine this sort of thing. Um, and I got a real good question here: is like, how different are you now than, like, how different were you then? Before, you know, the death and everything. I think I have... Before you lost you. How different are you now compared to where before the death? I, you know, I thought about that. And I, I'm not 100% sure. I think I'm more compassionate. Yeah. I have... Uh, 
I could say I have more patience, but I also run out of patience. Yeah, <laughs> <You> know? absolutely. Because <laughs> when I, you know, when I hear somebody wasting their life, I shouldn't say wasting their life, but they, you see so much potential in somebody and you see that and they can't quite see it yet. And it's like, oh, because it reminds me of him. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think I just, it's giving people more chances too. Yeah. And and um, understanding, trying to understand where somebody else is coming from. Yeah. And looking at the whole picture rather than just their actions. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the kids. Yeah. Because you always hear so many people saying, oh, the kids, the teenagers, this day and age, you know, they're not yeah. blah, blah, blah. And that's not true. Yeah. You know, it's really not. There's a lot of lost souls out there and they need Absolutely. help. So there's, they have so much more to deal with than we did. Yeah. And just in this community alone, not only is it social media and bullying and stuff like that, but being in a military community, I've watched them as they deal with their parents' PTSD over the years. Yeah. You know, and it's just, yeah, these kids are amazing. They just need somebody to hear them. Absolutely. And understand them. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you've gained a lot more, probably... Uh, more kids at your house a lot. Huh? <laughs> well, they don't. They stop in and say hi, yeah, or yeah, you know, yeah. or if they're over at the graveyard, they'll say, "I'm over visiting Jake," and I say, yeah. "Okay, I'll be right out." So I'll go out to the doorstep, yeah. and you know, it's any time of night. It's day, night, day or night. Sometimes one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know, or I'll see lights shining in my bedroom window from across the road, and I know somebody's out there visiting. Yeah. And you know, even two years later, there's still there's still got a connectedness to him. And I, I always believed Jake was an old soul. And what it, I think it's everybody needs to take away whatever they've learned from him. Yeah. And that his life in him his personality was a lesson and so whatever they can take away from that you know kind of seems to me like he was a kid that just lived life and not worry about anything else no he didn't just worry about what you're doing now yeah and didn't seem to like focus on the past or anything no no oh absolutely um i guess what anything you can add to like somebody that's in the process of grieving like uh I know that it, in those five months uh, that you just kind of got yourself away. Um, what can you give, I guess, as a kind of encouragement uh, uh, that it gets easier? That It, it, it does get easier. It gets, it gets different. Yeah. Um, easier is kind of a... That's where, as a parent, you kind of have a little guilt over saying easier mm-hmm. because you think it should never be easy losing your child. Um, you, you can't beat yourself up. You have to, you have to forgive yourself for, for, th- for thinking certain things. Like mm-hmm. after Jake passed, there was a certain peace because that fear of losing him yeah. was gone. Yeah. Um, reach out to people. Yeah. Talk, talk, talk. What, what talk. about? There's one thing that I talked about is the guilt. Yeah. Guilt. Yeah. That yeah. was I a good enough parent? What could I have done to prevent this? Mm-hmm. You know, um, why didn't I take a sledgehammer to the bike like I was going to yell? Yeah. But there, there. I also believe that we we're all here for a purpose. We're all here for our time. Um. Our soul chooses when it's time to go. 
And the number comes up. And where, the number comes yeah. up and, and you're done. That's Whatever way that is. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody, we're in each other's lives for a purpose. Yeah. You know, we went to school together. Maybe up to this point was leading to this. You know, well, you know, yeah. you, you, you pretty know. weird. But. Yeah, but you don't know, and you have to. You just be thankful for the time you have with somebody, and you have to take your life lessons: the hurt, the pain, the worst moments, even when you're a crappy person, and and figure out why that is, and, and move on from it, and do better. Yeah. You know, um, we have to talk to people. We have to listen, not just give lip service. Yeah. Um, or just fake it till you make yeah. it. Yeah. Well, see, fake it till you make it. Some people don't agree with that, and I do, because you have to try to put one foot in front yeah. of the other every single day. So even if you're pushing yourself to get to that point, that's fine. Do what you need to do to get through life, to get through grief, to the pain, whatever it is you're going through. And grief isn't limited to just losing somebody through death. It's your job. It's it's retirement. It's relationships, yeah. Yeah. divorce, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, everything is a process. And you just got to do your best to be, to get through it, to live another day. Because there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And there is somebody that appreciates you and wants you here. Yeah. You know? It's so just... going through the grief, getting back to, like, when yeah. after your five months, you yeah. got yourself back into a place where you could get back to work. Was that helpful? It was helpful. I missed my kids greatly. Yeah. I missed my coworkers greatly. They were a great yeah. support group. Um, I would go to work, and it's like... Once I stepped up on the steps of the bus, this is my job, this is what I'm supposed to do, and that was my focus. That still wasn't easy. There's still triggers. I've yeah. seen my son had just started working the week before moose season. He got one day in, and he had said to his boss, I'd love to come work for you, but he said, I don't want to start till after moose season. <laughs> oh. So I had seen their truck go through town in front of me. Thankfully, it was after that I dropped all the kids off. I started to cry. Uh, pulling into the high school was hard, even though he had graduated. Pulling into the high school was hard. Well, he spent all seeing, his years. Exactly, and seeing some of his friends still coming yeah. out, you know. Um, a song, a smell. Yeah. You know, anything can be a trigger, and you just don't know when it's going to hit. You can talk without crying, and then all of a sudden, bang, it's there, just like a jab. Yeah. You know, and... Um, I completely forget what the question was, but, um, you know, you just, you just keep going and I would have to go to work and come home and sleep because my focus was my work and that's all my focus was because I wouldn't be able to handle it if something happened to one of my kids or if I had an accident or whatever, you know, because of my unfocus. So yeah, it was work and sleep for the longest time. Yeah. Just before Jake passed, I was just starting to grow my sign business, painting and mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and doing artwork. And I haven't done a whole lot of that since he passed. I um, will go through a flurry of a week where I just can't stop making stuff, and then I'll go months without doing anything. And my first focus that Christmas was using some of his clothes and making Christmas ornaments for his friends and for family. 
mm-hmm. and I would take strips and I made Christmas balls of uh, his shirt and pajamas and made wooden tags for them all and you know I'd give everybody that I could one and I still actually have to make a couple more but you know it's it's using some of his things to make memories for other people so that they have something tangible of his yeah. Yeah. and uh, you just you do what you need to do to go keep going yeah yeah well, I think uh, we've done a lot of talking. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. I hope I made some sense. No, you did. You made perfectly good sense. I, thank you for your time. I know it's not easy talking, but it, there's a lot of people out there suffering from grief. And uh, um, anything you can add, you've had a lot of information. Thank you very much for your time. And, you know, um, I guess, I mean, this will go to a lot of people. And I know a lot of people will take your words and and just feel for you. And, and like I said, stuff that you do came on, the, on Facebook and the inspiring stuff and getting through the process and still trying to keep the positive outlook. Amazing. Thank you. I find you an amazing person. <laughs> I'm glad you're doing this podcast. It's going to be reaching a lot of people. Not, I mean, not just this particular one, but all the work you've been doing. Uh, mental health is such a huge issue and we really need to start looking at that for everyone not just our kids but adults too and uh, I just when I write my posts I write from the heart I write what I'm thinking and I it's okay for other people yeah but I I know that uh, I'm gonna have a tear in my eye (laughs) Um, I know the last post that you wrote was uh, quite significant and uh, I shared it on my mental health awareness and there was a lot of comments even even on my own page it's just everyone just clung to your words thank you and you, you said you didn't make any sense but you made total sense to a lot of people thank you so I thank you very much and I wish you well and we're probably going to talk again oh yeah I'm sure we could do a whole lot of podcasts I'll probably get you one of the school bus driving and what you see for mental illness who knows thank you very much Kim thanks Al alright so this ends the interview with Kim Warren I just wanted to take a few minutes just to give my summarization on the whole interview talking to her Uh, her story her journey very awe-inspiring, the community, how they wrapped around her, raising money for her, making sure that she's taken care of. Wow, what an inspiring story. And if you wanted to ever see Kim Warren and follow her, she, she says a lot of unique things on her Facebook. She does talk about her son an awful light a lot, which she should. But the biggest thing about Kim is her compassion, her understanding, her willingness to, to be open and vulnerable when she's talking about these issues seeing her go from the two years ago at rock bottom and then coming to the point where she is now i was the one that was emotional she kept it together the whole interview pretty inspiring uh not that she didn't feel sad or anything but i think the focus on kim was the good memories she talked a lot about the good memories she talked about some bad ones like the passing away and how Jake passed away, but the biggest thing she talked about was the progression and the different things she did to keep his memory alive, whether it's making a Christmas ornament and always looking to to make sure Jake's memory has always been there, which is pretty awe-inspiring in my, my eyes, and I'm sure a lot of people, they have a lot of nice things to say about her. She's a school bus driver, and the kids just love her, 
I love her. Listen to her. Unbelievable person. So I really enjoyed this interview. It took another um, uh, deep look at grief and, and how it how it reflects on your life. And there's many different ways that you can go through the stages. And some you don't even have to hit. The biggest thing about Kim was being open and being vulnerable and, and learning. And she learned a lot in the two years and she continues to learn. But she also likes to share the knowledge, which I think is really nice that other people can share when people have people that pass away. She's always in the ear that she will listen. And that's pretty good of a person. That's just more people like that society that we need. So this leads me into my upcoming episodes when I'm going to discuss confidence and self-confidence, how anxiety correlates with the confidence issues. Uh, if you feel anxious, then your confidence goes down and you kind of feel that everyone's kind of focusing on you. So I'm going to look at doing some coping mechanisms down the road about how to be confident, how to be self-confident. Just some ways, some positive coping mechanisms that may help you become confident and more reassuring when, you, when you're around different social groups. So I'm going to look at doing this. Another episode I'm looking at doing is I've had really good comments of the interviews that I have done recently. Uh, the one I did with Natalie Way has been really awesome for me. So when I was talking to Natalie, Lola came in and now Lola would like to do an interview with me. Lola Way is Natalie Way's daughter and she suffers from some mental illness and she wants to talk about the challenges that she's had on a daily basis but also her perspective as a young adult dealing with mental illness. She's also going to dive into the aspects of DBT, which is dialectal behavioral therapy, which is a, a therapy that is used with some mental illnesses. So, and she's going to describe how it's helped her and how she's coming on the right tracks by keeping herself in touch with the DBT therapy. So that is one of the interviews I'm going to focus on. And there's going to be lots of other things that I'm going to be focusing on. But these are my upcoming two episodes. And I may have another couple interviews lined up. I'm not real sure. After working some people. So those are the ones. Now, I would like to take a moment of my time to thank my listeners, thank my Facebook uh, members that like the group. I would love it if you would share it more. It's Chat Club on Facebook. Please like my page. I'm getting new with the social media, so I'm really trying very hard to be proactive with my social media. But if you can help me out in any way, it would be greatly appreciated. I want to look at uh, doing some more stuff in the social media. I'm also down the road, I might look at doing some merchandise, some t-shirts, some hats, just to break the stigma and, you know, with mental illness. So I may look at that down the road. So keep to stay tuned on my Facebook page for that. Maybe I'll have some draws for some shares and links just to get uh, the group growing. Um, I would like to take this time to thank my listeners because I am down over 450 downloads on my different various podcasts. Um, I'm reaching the limits where I'm pretty happy with. Of course, I'd like to have more, of course, but I'm okay with this. So if you can spread the My Chat Club podcast, if people like podcasts, Please send them, send them a message or listen to this or try to help me out here. Uh, I'd really appreciate it. Um, you know, doing the podcast really inspires me to help others. I take a great pride and I've had so many numerous positive feedbacks from people 
whether it's Facebook Messenger, text, uh, even personal interactions with people, they're taking notice. Um, recently had a newspaper article on me when I first began this journey, and I'd love to do another one just to see where I am and the impacts that I had made with people. I really appreciate, appreciate the support that you've given me. It's inspiring me to keep going. Um, there's some great people out there. There's some people that are, you know, struggling out there. And all I can say is don't be silent. We're all going through different things in our lives. But mental illness is one of them. And you're not alone because there's someone that's feeling the exact same as you. Just want to let you know that you're not alone. And that's why I do this. So you can hear my voice to know that you're not alone. So I'm going to leave a wise word. Again, it's one of my favorite quotes. The only one that can make you feel inferior is yourself. So don't let anybody make you feel inferior. Stick up for yourself. Stand up. I'm Alan Hilchey. This is Chat Club. Thank you very much for listening. I'll talk to you really soon. Goodbye.